God, why? Why do I still struggle? Now, I'm going to be pretty open with you today and just sometimes I think I shouldn't tell illustrations about me because I've made some bad mistakes. I don't want everybody knowing my mistakes, but people tell me that when I share my mistakes, they can relate because they've made some too. So I'll share a story with you that I hope Pastor Kelly will still have me back to preach again to you at one of these days and not think I'm backslid. Amen. She's already nervous about what I'm going to share. I can see it on her face. Condemnation is crippling. Guilt is crippling. Shame is crippling. A good buddy of mine, you probably knew him, Bert Clendenin, who's passed away years ago. Before he got saved, he was a Marine, a sergeant in World War II, bar hopper, fighter kind of a guy, old school dude, you know, always cussing people out. And he worked uh, oil rigs at night, went in at midnight, got off at 8 or 9 in the morning. He was the foreman, and he was used to kicking his guys and punching them if they didn't do the right job and cussing them out. And he went to a church service once uh, on Sunday night and got born again on a Sunday night and then had to go to work at midnight that night. About 28 years old, wild all his life, just got saved two or three hours ago, goes to work, and about two in the morning sees a guy who works for him who's crawled into a hole uh, under a drilling well, and he's asleep. He's like taking a nap on the clock. So Brother Clendenin kicks him in the stomach, picks him up, slams him up against the wall, cusses him out, and says, there's 10 men who want your job if you don't. And he threw him back out into the, the field to go to work. Instantly, 10 devils said, you didn't get saved tonight. Christian people don't do that. And he felt so bad. He said, for two hours I walked around feeling, ah, I thought I got saved. Now I guess I didn't. And he was really upset about it. Then it hit him. Wait, 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 wait. I've been cussing people out and punching people my whole life. And I never felt bad about it one time until tonight. I must have got saved. Something must have changed in me. What the enemy came in and tried to do was cripple him with some guilt. Because if you remember what it was like in your life before you met Jesus... You did stuff all the time you never felt bad about. It was second nature. But then you got saved and you did something on the sin meter that wasn't even as bad as what you used to do, but you feel like Judas Iscariot times 12. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Lord, I hadn't watched pornography in two years. And then you watched it last night. God, I haven't been drunk in five years, but I went out with my girlfriends last week. I, I thought I was just going to keep it to one glass of wine, but when I was on the fourth, I knew I'd messed up. God, I, I, I don't know how to recapture. I, I, I'd gone so long, I now got to start over again. How many understand what I'm talking about? We, we have these moments. You get up in your house and don't even look to me like you don't know what I'm talking about. You read your Bible in the mornings, you have praise and worship, and then you get on LBJ. And by the time you get anywhere you're going, you've cussed 15 strangers out. Right? Now, can I tell my story now? Now, I travel full-time. My staff, my, my secretary has been with me almost 20 years in Rockwall. We have full-time staff. We, I've been traveling. We've, we've planted 64 churches now around the world. Uh, I was just with Pastor Chris Okilomi in February there, an amazing man of God. They told me to look out my window to see their property. They're building a new church that seats 125,000 people paying for it cash. God's moving all over the world. It's phenomenal. So I'm looking at all this and I'm seeing, but I'm in a different bathroom every week of my life. Now, I drove from home to be here, which is rare, but you can imagine I'm in a different shower every weekend, different hotel. Now, I'm getting ready. Imagine this. I'm getting ready to go preach. 
I don't know if I want to tell this story the more I think about it. But we're talking about guilt and shame. And so I'm in the shower washing my hair. And the shower where I'm at had a piece of marble tile sticking out of the wall about that big. Right at elbow level. Now, I didn't look around, you know, to get in the shower. You're moving, you're going to a different hotel. I'm washing the soap out of my hair in a hurry. Got my elbows up like this. So I lower my elbow like that really fast. And that little piece of meat right between your funny bone and your elbow bone, boom, right on the marble tile, really hard. It shot my arm. It was like I'd been hit with a cattle prod, man. I mean, I felt all from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. In an instant, I got my eyes closed, soaps in my face, bam, that thing hits. What'd you say? No, I said, what'd you say? I said four words, and the first starts with son, and I'll let you figure out the rest. Can I come back ever again? As you? S-O-B. I just said it. Now, if y'all are sitting there saying, I don't know if I can receive from you now, Brother Mike. Well, I don't know if I can preach to you. <clears throat> You're going to make fun of me for my bad shower. I promise God will have a, a coffee table for your toe at 2 o'clock in the morning tonight. And you're going to remember this message. I'm getting ready to go preach. And I'm thinking of all, you know, of course, instantly, say, oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't mean that. The Lord said, yes, you did. You meant that. You, you meant that. Now I'm thinking of all these scriptures. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, what, what must be in my heart? And then the enemy said, you're unqualified to preach. How can you stand up and preach and tell these people? So he tried to throw in on me guilt. And I don't say this to pat me on the back, but I'm just going to share a little bit of my journey. There would have been a day in my life I might would have had to have canceled the service. Like, I'd have been useless to be there anyway. I wouldn't have lifted my hands in that service. I would not have shared a prayer request, no matter how many I had. Because I would feel like six foot two, 205 pounds of unworthy. And the devil's helping me out. And I didn't even need the devil because I had me, you know, just Mike. Come on, seriously. You spoke in tongues an hour ago. You read the word this morning. You, you prayed for five sick people last night. They got sick. Now, you, you know, you can't, even, you can't even handle a shower. You can't even handle a little bump on your elbow. You know, older preachers are a pain in, in the rear end sometime. I left there and ran to Starbucks to get tea, coffee on the way. And there was a retired preacher in the, in the Starbucks who recognized me. He said, Mike, I noticed you're holding your arm kind of funny. Have you hurt yourself? I said, yeah. I, I hit it real bad in a shower today. And I said, good to see you. Got to go. And when I walked off, I guess I heard him say, did you cuss? <laughs> he just said it. <laughs> there would have been a day I'd have been useless. God, I'm so sorry. And I was, I was sorry. I, I mean, I'm still, I'm praying in the shower. I made my own altar call. Wasn't like I became a hardened rebel. I said, God, I, I but I, it, it, it bothered me because I didn't even have a time, I didn't even have time to premeditate that. Like, that just came out of me. Do you know what I mean? Now, I'm, how, what, how, how does this, oh, am I ever going to, am I ever going to attain, am I going to, 
But I had learned somewhere along the way that when I got born again, he gave me a gift called righteousness. And it wasn't my righteousness, it was his righteousness. You see, Christianity is not just about a changed life, it's about an exchanged life. You get his perfect record in place of your imperfect record. It's not just about, I used to smoke and I don't, I used to watch porn but I don't, I used to cuss but I don't, or I do these things less, I'm trying to get to where I don't do them at all. And I'm not advocating wrong behavior, but you understand, had I said praise the Lord instead of SOB, it would not have made me any more righteous before God because it was never my righteousness in here. It was His to begin with, and you can't make Jesus more righteous than He already is. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Now, this will mess with your religious mindset, but, 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 but you, you can grow. In so many areas, you can increase your patience, you can increase your faith, you can increase your wisdom, but if you're born again, you cannot increase your righteousness because he doesn't have anything to be more righteous about. It's his righteousness. He didn't make you righteous in the sense he improved you. He took you out and put himself in there. Paul says, no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. I got a beautiful daughter. She's 16, going on 28. And I've been practicing the one-liners I'm going to have for the first couple of dates that she has when she's 20. I got some good ones. You think my shower statements were colorful. Wait till you do this. This is my daughter. She came home a few months back before school that out. She says, Daddy, I, I made an A on a test. Oh, good job, baby. We celebrated. Then two days later, different subject, I flunked a test. Did you know that when she made an A, it did not make her more my daughter? And when she made the F, it didn't make her less my daughter. She was my daughter with an A and my daughter with an F. Are you understanding that? Some have different consequences. You know, we go get an ice cream for one. We talk about the other, whatever. But you've got to understand the moment you got born again, he put a brand new born again spirit inside of you. And the Bible says there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. So when the enemy tries to point at your future or your present, point to Jesus' past and say, I am born again, washed. I'm not trying to be holy. I am holy. I'm not trying to be right. I am righteous because I am in him and he's not trying to be better. Are you hearing me? Colossians 1 chapter 13. I'm going to have him put it up. We're going to read it together. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 tells you what happened to you the moment you got born again. The very second you confess Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in the resurrection. The very moment that that happened, something profound happened and changed in your life. And I want to read it to you. Colossians 1 13. And it tells you exactly what happened. Not, not after you quit smoking. Not after you got your patience level better. Not after you worked on your temper. But Colossians 1 13 says that in the moment you got saved, he transferred you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. So you don't live where you used to live in God's eyes. You live in Christ. And in Christ, all things have passed away. And all things have become what? Are you hearing me? Can they put that up? I, I, Colossians 1.13. I want us to read it together. 
I love being local when I preach because you actually got, you know the, the places. I, when I usually preach all over the world, nobody knows where I'm talking about. But right out here near Wiley, Texas, there's a lady got saved named Yvonne. Yvonne smoked cigarettes, a whole bunch. She was a biker, a Harley girl, Harley lady. Worked at a truck stop, got soundly saved, joy. I mean, this woman had, she was just a blast to be around. And she came to me one day and she's all excited. Oh, oh, my, my, my. I got to tell you, I'm down to three packs a day. And I celebrated with her. But I had to ask, because inquiring minds want to know. I said, sweetie, you don't mind me asking. You, you're down to three. What was you at before? You, if you don't mind me asking, I, I just like to know about this because you just gave yourself a $75,000 a year raise is what you're going to save on smoke. She said, oh, Mike, she said, I, I've been smoking five packs a day for, for years. And can, I, can I mess with your religious upbringing just a second? You see, we had a little celebration together with her, and right behind me was some clown well, if she really loved God, she, she wouldn't even be doing the three. Oh, what? What? Man said, uh, yeah, uh, 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 let me just ask you, Mike. He said, if a man was born again and, and married for 25 years, but he, but he had a bad time at home and he got to talking nice to his secretary and they went out one afternoon, had a one-night stand, and he's leaving the hotel, and he gets into a car wreck and dies. He said, where does he go? I said, that's a great question. I said, you know, the Bible twice in your New Testament tells you to obey the laws of the land. So let's make the story about you. You're in a hurry coming home from work and you're going 56 in a 55 and you have a fatal heart attack. Where do you go? Are y'all hearing me? I think this side getting it. I'm not sure about this side over here, so I'm, I'm coming back to check. He said, uh, uh, come again? I said, oh, you heard me the first time. I promise you, you did. I, I'm the preacher the devil warns you about. I promise you. You're down here on LBJ going 56 into 55, and you die. Where do you go? See, what he was trying to do was make it all about the actual moment. Well, sin can't go into heaven. Well, that's, that's very true. But if you're born again and you're in Christ, I said if you're born again and you're in Christ, your spirit is instantly made perfect while God works on the rest of you. And we always pick the big sins. Murder, rape, adultery, blow up a building. Speeding's a sin too. Lying's a sin too. Exaggerating. Overeating is a sin. So I said to this man, have you ever smoked? No. So I said, this woman's been addicted to five packs of cigarettes for years by her own admission. You've never even had the struggle. But you can't even rejoice with her pure heart because she came in here shouting, I'm doing the best I know to do. I'm down to three. I'm soon going to be down to two. Then I'm going to be down to one. Come on, somebody. If don't, don't shout when somebody gets healed of cancer if you can't shout when somebody puts a pack of cigarettes So we had a party with Yvonne because I knew soon it'd be two, then it'd be one, then it'd be none. 
But I thought about myself. I never have smoked. I, that's just one thing I hadn't done. Done other things, but I hadn't smoked cigarettes. But how long did it take me to get away from some of the things of my flesh? So who am I to be? What I'm trying to get you to see today is that when you get paralyzed by guilt, condemnation, and shame, you can't pray right. You can't use your faith right because you feel unworthy. You come into a church just like this. The pastor can beg you, lift both hands. You don't feel like, oh, I messed up. All you're thinking about is what you did last night. And then, I just, I just knew I had got away from that. I can't believe I fell into it again. If you went out into the field today and found a fresh pile of cow manure and a brand new diamond ring in the middle of it, and you had to get a little dirty to get that diamond and you check with the police and everything. It didn't belong to nobody. It's finders keepers. You legitimately got to keep it. What picture would you put on Facebook that night? The manure that you found or the diamond that you found? Some of y'all keep focusing on your past instead of the Jesus that's right here in the middle of it. And the enemy comes in and you come in. And can I tell you, family, it's not just about bad stuff. I'm sitting at the table with a pastor who's crying. He says, Mike, I went to wash my car last week. Something bad happened. I'm thinking, you picked up a girl at the car wash? What, what could go bad at a car wash? I don't know. He's really upset. He said, he's an older guy. Wasn't fashionable in the sense that I'm describing. But he said, two guys pulled up in the bay next to him. Music blaring, 18, 19 Trendy in their dress, young people, way different from his generation. And he's washing his car. He's like the, the old man nerd compared to them. And he said, the Holy Spirit nudged me and said, go talk to them about me. And he said, Lord, they won't relate to me. I'm an old, old dude. I don't know what to say. You know what I mean. He talked himself out of it. Then he began to weep as he pulled out his wallet. And he pulled out a newspaper clipping. And he opened it up in front of me. And the headlines read, Two local teenage boys killed in car wreck. Had their pictures there. He held it up. He said, Mike, they died 20 minutes after they left that car wash. He said, the enemy has tried to cripple me with the shame of that, the guilt of that. He said, I know God's forgiven me, but man, I, ooh. See, he wasn't, he wasn't cheating on his wife. It's not always a sin of the bad stuff. Sometimes it's neglect of the right stuff. But the enemy comes in and says, yeah, you unqualified now. Resign from your class. Resign from your pulpit. Stop posting scriptures on Facebook. You ain't qualified to tell nobody nothing right now. You got your own marriage problems. Quit giving marriage advice. The enemy will come in and tell you all kind of nonsense. And I'm telling you, you better go back to that Bible and read it every single day. Because if you don't know who you are, you'll never know what you possess. And you're in Christ. You're a new creation. You're the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians 5.21, if any of He said, he who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. Come on, somebody. You're not trying to be holy. You are holy. The blood has worked. If we don't know who we are in Christ, how would you ever know what you possess? 
I don't care what you think of his politics. It doesn't matter. But if somebody told you you were really related to Donald Trump and they had DNA tests to prove it and that he was passing out $100 million checks to every relative that he had, you'd be moving to the lawyer's office with a picture ID. They'll say, we've been trying to give this away to all of our extended family for 10 years. How come you hadn't come in? I didn't know I was a part of the family. Until you found out who you were, you didn't know what you could inherit. When you find out what Jesus says about you, before you quit dipping snuff, before you master all your weaknesses, before you get your language, when you find out that he just said, whoever comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. And if you've come to me, there's no more guilt, there's no more shame because I have erased it. So he said, Mike, I believe in God to move me past this. But then he said this, every time he nudges me again and I'm tempted to fight it, I pull that newspaper out and I look at the boys in the face and it motivates me to keep moving on. When I was 20, I got an invitation with Brother Clinton to go to Russia. I was probably 23. And I went to Armenia. It was still against the law to have church in public. So I was doing underground meetings in the Soviet Union. I was the only English-speaking guy out on, I mean, we were out in the boonies of the boonies in a little village. And they had crammed in 200 people into somebody's living room for me to preach. It was going in Russian. Then the Russian lady said it into Armenian. And, and, and it was just like National Geographic. No teeth. I'm not being unkind. No teeth. The bonnets on their head. Old school Romanian gypsy looking kind of thing. No electricity. No running water. And as I finished preaching, I'm just 23 or so. They point to a little woman in the back and said, she's the, the mother of our village here. And she's blind. And she wants you to pray for her that God would heal her. Long story short for time. I chickened out. Because these people had never heard the gospel. You understand, the communist wall had just fallen. Like, I just got there. They've been raised atheists for 90 years. I, I'm the only Christianity that, like, I, it's new. And so, and I was a rookie kid preacher too, 23. And the enemy said, if you go back there and pray for her and she don't get her healing, it's going to devastate this entire village. They'll think it doesn't work. Christianity's a sham. I mean, all this is happening in my head in 15 seconds while they're, she's back there, she's back there, she's back there. I can see her face to this moment. I'm 55 now. Because I did not go pray for her. I was afraid. What would happen if I do this? And she speaks back in Armenian. I'm still blind. I didn't know how to handle their disappointment. And I felt like a second-class evangelist, unworthy to ever travel again. You know, when you have something like that happen, you know what's going to happen. You know, even at Facebook back then, you go back home and the first five church services you go to, every Christian you meet has just got 10 people out of a wheelchair or prayed for blindness, and they're all healed. And you're the one guy who just too scared to even do it once. And the enemy brings it in. Crippling condemnation, crippling shame, crippling guilt. You have to know how God sees you. Or you'll constantly be a hostage to how you see yourself. 
Because there's always occasionally going to be a shower with a little piece of marble tile sticking out for you. And you're going to have to learn how to rebound quickly when you don't think you did it right. Brother Mike, I know God forgives sins and I know He forgived all my sins in the past. Listen, He ain't dying again. He only died once. And when He died, He died for your past, present, and future sins. Mike, how, how could He die for my future sins? Well, it's very simple. You ain't 2,000 years old and I'm not either. When He died 2,000 years ago, you and I weren't even in existence yet. So from the perspective of God in the cross... Everything he died for were future sins because none of us were here yet. You see, this is, I, I say this every church I go to, they're going to put it up on the screen for you. I want you to listen to me. If you don't hear another thing I say, grab this. Christians don't have a forgiven past, we have no past at all. It's been erased. It's been deleted. If you go to jail for 10 years, when you get out, they can't rearrest you for the same thing. You can't have double jeopardy, but you could find a cure for AIDS, Alzheimer's, and cancer and do good the rest of your life. But you would still have a, a record. It's, it's been satisfied, but it's still there. I can type in your social security number, always going to be there. But when you stood before the judge called Jesus, he said to the court reporter, highlight everything in the court case about their trial, their sentence, their jail time. Highlight all the newspaper clippings about it. Highlight the day they got arrested. Highlight the video from the police officer. Highlight all of it. Hit the delete button because it's not just forgiven. It doesn't even exist anymore. It's the Bible said, Acts 13, Acts 10, that when you got born again, he remitted your sin. It didn't just mean you got forgiven. Come on, somebody. It means he erased them. So when you talk to God about your past, he doesn't participate because he doesn't remember. He's thrown your sins into the sea of forgetfulness. And if he has... Can I say to you just real nice? If he has, who do you think you are to keep bringing it up? Excuse? No. Jesus. So it says, Mike, you think you're better than me? Oh, no. No, 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 no. I just think with Jesus, I'm probably better off than you. Amen. But the same Jesus that took care of me can take care of whosoever comes to him. Come on, somebody. It doesn't matter who you smoke, what you drank, what you shot in your veins. It doesn't matter who you slept with. It doesn't matter if you've been abused or you're the abuser. Jesus said, if you come to me, oh, hallelujah, I'll wipe it off. So how dare the blasphemous devil who's still damaging people every second of the day approach me? And tell me I'm something less than the Jesus Christ who lives in me. Oh, hallelujah. Can we give him one more hand clap of praise today? Hallelujah. So, you got time for one more? God, why do I still struggle with it? Well, because the enemy wants you to. Sometimes we don't know any better. But it's never God's will. Because your past, present, and future is already dealt with. 
Are you hearing me? We're growing in our mind and our, our soul, our, our mind and will and emotions are growing. We're getting stronger. But if you read 15 chapters of the Bible tonight, it doesn't make you more holy. It just means you're smarter, got more knowledge, your faith is stronger. But it didn't make you more right with God. And if you go home, get to working on the car, pay some bills, forget to read your Bible, go to bed, wake up tomorrow morning, go, whoops. It doesn't make you less righteous. It just means you hadn't built your faith. I'm not saying it's, it's not a good thing, but you don't walk out the door going, oh, God's never going to do this. Take that stupid bumper sticker off your car. God's not finished with me yet. Be patient. He said it was finished 2,000 years ago. Think like he does. Think like he does. I am a new creature in Christ. Come on, say it with me. I am a new creature in Christ. You notice that he didn't say I'm going to be. He said I am. I am right now. You don't think, we don't like to think like this. But I bet you there was a time or two Paul stepped on a thorn. Some of Saul came back out. Come on now. How many of y'all can say, I told my shower story. Can you still receive this morning? I hope, I hope you can. God, heal my elbow. Working good, working good. Some people are afraid of being robbed. I'm afraid of showers I hadn't been in before. I left a mark on me. I want them to put up a, a, a little scripture. We're going to close with this, and I want to pray over you today. You watching online, we're thrilled. If you could ever physically be here, there's no church like it. Get here. But if you're living out of state, out of the country, watch every week. Because God's given Pastor Kelly revelation. It's going to take you to a whole new level in the God. See, I didn't come here today to tell all of you everything's going to be all right. I came in here to remind you that in Christ, everything already is all right. I came to tell you that. 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. If they can put that up for me, I'd love it. I want you to see it. This is uh, New King James. Would you read it with me? You want to preach with me a little bit? You at your house, say it right where you are. Ready? One, two, three, read. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Did you grab a little bit of what that was? As he is now, so are we. That's what that verse is saying. As he is now... So am I. Well, how is he? He's not sick, so I won't be sick. I refuse. He's not broke. I'm not going to stay broke. He's not suicidal. I'm not staying. Are you hearing me? As he is now, so are we. Not trying to be, hoping to be, try, you know, striving to be. He says, this is love. Love has been perfected. And this is how we know. Dallas uh, version, Mike Small. This is how you know you can walk into judgment day with a, a, a cocky, arrogant, assurance attitude. Because I know what he did for me. And there's no more condemnation. Because as Jesus is now in heaven, so are we on the earth. Hallelujah. Oh, I get happy. He's got the Father's ear. I've got the Father's ear. He's got all authority. I've got all authority. He heals the sick. We can pray and see the sick healed. He's not broke. We're not broke. He's not in shame and guilt. I'm not in shame and guilt. As he is now, so are we. Give him one more shout of praise. Do you see it? 
as he is now. Put your hand on your chest. Say it real boldly, like the Cowboys just won a Super Bowl for the first time in 9,000 years. Come on, say it. As he is now, as he is now, so am I. So am I. As he is now, so am I. Now lift both hands and give him a mighty shout in this place today. Just thank him. Oh, hallelujah. So, as we close, Mike, I'm still struggling with some things. Just stop right there and just say, Mike, I used to struggle with some things. I used to. See, we've all got hung up on the stuff we're doing or not doing. And I'm not minimizing. Nobody's encouraging you to sin. Somebody said one time, Mike, if you preach on grace, it'll give people a license to sin. I said, oh, they're doing real good without the license. They're already doing good. 2,000 years ago, somebody we all love very much said, it's finished. Somebody we all love and know said, Father, forgive them. It wasn't just Roman people. Think about how much junk you and I have misunderstood, not known, revelation we hadn't walked in. And he's merciful to us while we learn it. But now it's time to mature up a little bit. Stop with all the, I'm such a worm. I'm such a, I'm, you know, Mike, I'm just, you know, life has its ups. And it's downs. Who told you that? Who told you that? Who lied to you and told The Bible said he works all things for our good. So how, how could you ever fail? He works all things. I cussed in a shower, but he works all things out. He, he turned it into a, a, an example to help and encourage other people. And it keeps me humble, airing my dirty laundry. Because his grace delivers us, not just one time at a church like this, permanently. I'm done with the guilt. I'm done with shame. I'm done with the condemnation. If I fall, I'm getting back up. And I'm, I'm not going to ask God to forgive me. I'm going to say, Father, I thank you that you already have forgiven me. I'm sorry that I did X, Y, Z. I renounce it receive the forgiveness you already said yes to and we're going to keep on walking you see when my daughter makes an F on the report card she's still my daughter are you hearing me today she's not less my daughter she's my daughter that made an F if she makes an A she's not more my daughter I'm not more her father I'm all in are you hearing me today I'm leaving Friday for Europe be in Israel in October Guatemala in November, back in Africa in December. A few years ago, right about the time I hit my elbow, God began to open doors for me in ways I never dreamed. It would have been so easy for me to miss that because I got that and other stuff I've done. I was trying to make some TV programs. Last time we were here, Pastor Danny received an offering for our TV ministry. We, we, we film salvation programs. Every TV producer told me not to do it. It costs too much. Christians won't watch it. and Unsaved people won't support it and all that. 
but this man received an offering for us. Probably don't even remember. I made the programs. You ever watch uh, the talk on CBS? Cheryl Underwood. She's on there every day. She emailed me at 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm watching you teach in a hotel here in Indiana. God's word just impacted my life. I started, I, I found famous people on airplanes would come up to me. I've watched you. These programs people told me not to make that pastor and you guys helped me to make. I was getting testimonies everywhere. And can I just end with this? I was paying for these. And then our budget for our ministry jumped up to thousands every week. The European thing we're doing next week, 7,500 just for that. And we just put it together two weeks ago. We didn't have that. Still don't have it. But God will provide. Always does. But can I tell you just, I hit my arm, hit my elbow. I'm cussing. I'm the cussing evangelist. And I get a phone call from a TV producer who says, we'd like you to come and make some salvation programs like you've been doing for your stuff and do them for us. Wait, wait, wait. Unless it gets better. We got a lot bigger budget than you. We got a lot more staff than you. We're going to put together this little internet outreach package. And, and, and they got about four of us together. We all made some programs. I'm going back out to make more in a month and a half. I'm saying if I would have let condemnation beat me down, I would have turned these things down or been ineffective when I got there. And some of you have felt worthy because you're, you think your willpower is what got you where you are. No, it's the grace of God. It's the blood of Jesus. We, we always rest in that. But I just got a text. I just got a text. So I'm closing with this. Pastor Kelly, would you come stand with me? You know those TV programs I just told you we made that they flew me out to make? They just text me. And from January the 1st through Monday of last week, 3.6 million people have called and given their life to Jesus Christ. 3.6. So what is God leading you to do that you've been hesitant to say yes to? Because you keep thinking about the divorces, the cocaine, the porn, you mean to your wife. Stop it. We all got junk. But remember what I told you. Christians don't have a forgiven past. We have no past at all. It's been deleted. He said, I'll throw your sins into the sea of forgetfulness. So, Father, in Jesus' name today, we thank you so very much. We prayed privately, silently. God, why? Why? Can I get this demon of guilt off of me? Why? I can't pray. I can't praise. It's affecting me. Maybe nobody knows it, but it's an inner battle you've had. Father, I decree right now we're free in the name of the living God. I decree right now from the top of our head to the bottom of our feet, every soul, every portion of our being, we receive the grace and forgiveness of Jesus Christ. Lord, we confess with our mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord. We believe in our heart that you raised Jesus from the dead. And we accept, we accept that this is a salvation we could not earn, we could not buy, we could not deserve on our own. But you said, whosoever will, let him come and drink freely of the water of life. I pray for those watching right now. As I look in the camera on streaming, you're there at your house. You, you may have even watched pornography on the very computer you're watching church on right now. And the enemy's telling you, you can't get right for God. You've done too much. You might be watching this in a prison. It does not matter what you've done. He died 
to set you free. And everything else that comes to your head is a lie from humans or demons. He's here today. Because today's a bad day for the devil and a good day for us. So, Father, there's been new property bought. There's a journey that this church has taken. And, Lord, in just a few seconds after we pray, we're going to receive an offering for our vision. Lord, I know individual people are going to give, but it's one church. I ask you to take this offering today that Pathway sows, which will help us in Switzerland, Europe, television ministry, and beyond. I ask you to take a photograph of it and give them a big fat harvest back on this property that they purchased and the building they're going to build. And I ask you to send funds through the people here, fund some people that don't even know about Pathway, and shock this church with how fast you can send a harvest for the new property that you've given this church. We thank you for this today. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, and Pastor Kelly and I are here, if you need prayer for any reason after the service, there's a prayer team that will be here. I'll be here. I'll be back at the book table as well. But I want to make sure everybody in here is right with God before we leave. And let me just tell you, this is the safest room you've been in all week. There's more love in this room than any room you've been in all week. And we want to just celebrate with you. Because when babies get born, the place gets happy. Well, when people get born again, God gets happy. Angels get happy. We get happy. So as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I wouldn't embarrass you for all the world. And I'm not going to ask you to stand this morning or come to the front. But I want to know who I'm praying for. If you say, Mike, first of all, I, I don't even know that I'm right with God. I don't even know that I'm born again. But I heard you talk about it. And I, I, can't, I cannot walk out of this room without knowing that. So I'm going to pray a very simple prayer because God made it that simple for us. And I just want to know who I'm praying for. And so as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I'm going to count to three. When I get to three, you're going to lift your right hand high and just say, Mike, include me in your prayer. I want to know that everything between me and Jesus is right. You may have been saved many years ago, but you, man, you, you've, you've fallen away. And the devil is beating the fool out of you up over your decisions. But you say, you know what? Today that stops. I'm receiving the righteous gift of Jesus. I'm walking out of here clean and whole, and I'm going to have a brand new outlook on my life because of what Jesus has done for me. Mike, pray for me that I would have that kind of assurance that guilt is no longer a battle. If either of those are you, on the count of three, lift your right hand high, and I'm going to pray for you. One, you can do this right there at your house, too, because God will see it. Two, three, slip your right hand high all over the building. Just keep it high. God bless you for your honesty. God bless you, ma'am, sir, young people, all over the back, the front. Lots of hands, 20, 30, 40 hands, just going up. Just said, Mike, it's, it's, it's stopping the day. It's stopping the day. Amen? Amen? Anybody else? I feel like there's five more people. Don't know why, but I feel like there's five. I see one. Who else? Two, three. This is worth waiting on. Four. Five. Amen. Just everybody sit still. Just keep your eyes closed. Just let a real sense of his presence. This, this is worth lingering in just for a moment. He loves you. He's delivered you. He's changing you. Today's a bad, bad day for the devil. His grace and mercy. Anybody else watching at your house? I know we can't see you. God does. That's all that counts. Lift your hand right at your house. Say, I don't care if you're watching on the replay two years from now. God wanted you to hear it. That's why you're listening. Doesn't matter the date or the time. Anybody else? Slip it up. This is why we came. God bless you, sir. Okay. Real reverently, everybody look this way. Look at me. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth, not enough to believe it, you got to say it, Jesus Christ is Lord. We just confess it. Confess his lordship over our life. And you add that to a belief that he died and rose from the dead. And the Bible says in that instant, 
you're born again. Your feelings don't matter. You, you're crying or happy. Great. That doesn't make you more saved than somebody that's not doing either. You just believe it. Dogs don't try to be dogs. Cats don't try to be cats. Believers don't have to try to believe. That's what they do. They're believers. So I want us to all put your right hand on your chest. Everybody, would you repeat it after me? Jesus, I'm not ashamed to reach for you. I've known right from wrong, but I've sinned. No excuses. Not blaming anybody else. I confess with my mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe in my heart you rose from the dead. And according to your word, which cannot lie, I am saved. I am holy. I am righteous. I am forgiven. I am delivered from shame, guilt, and condemnation. I am a son or a daughter of the Most High God. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Now, if you believe he heard you, give him a mighty shout of praise. Come on, you can do better than that. Don't, don't be patty caking on Sunday morning. Father, I join my hand with Pastor Kelly. Father, we're needing 7,500 for Europe. Five's already come in, or two's already come in. We just need five. I don't know what you'll speak to the family to sow today, but I come into a covenant for their individual harvest and as a corporate harvest for the church. I ask you to quickly, quickly shock them with how fast the funds come in to start construction on this new property. Father, every month of my life, I ask you to speak to 12 people who could plant a $1,000 seed. I ask you for two of those to be here today. Father, it might be money they'd set aside for another project or purpose, but now they're feeling redirected. Shock them with how fast you give them a harvest. Well, that's not for everybody. Some may feel stirred to sow $5. I don't know what you're speaking to your people about today. But I come into a covenant that no court decision ever goes against them in the name of Jesus. I come into a covenant for Mark chapter 10, a hundredfold return to come to pass. And I ask you to shock them with how fast you can be good to them and give them this building that they're building for your glory on the new property. Let everyone look back to this day and know it was a changing, shifting for this church. We purpose never again to struggle with guilt or shame because we know the power of the blood of Jesus. I bless each person today as they sow in Jesus' name. It's been great hanging out with you guys today. God bless you so much. Thank you so much for joining us. I pray that this was a resource and a blessing to your life. Go to our webpage, polc.cc, to connect with us on all of the things that we're doing. And we want to stay connected to you because we believe God has some great things for you. 